we move from the season of birth into our youth. This occurs for us <clears throat> from our first awareness, which is always really partly unconscious and partly conscious. We are in the sea of the universe, the resplendent ocean of all life, all creation, and yet we are part of that. Never only an individual, and yet we find our signature. I am here among family members or the kin of one's village, the region, the nations, which ebb and flow and constant groundedness or change. <clears throat> A nation is not always identical to the shape it held when we were conceived and born or when our grandparents were. The area of my grandparents' birth and development <clears throat> was shifted through world wars and definitions of laws building of homes and schools, <clears throat> and the falling away of old patterns of carriages and old steam locomotives into modern automobiles and airplanes. So we come forward as part of this great quality like, like the sea, like the ocean, <clears throat> and yet we are here as an individual and so our youth is marked by identity. A child has a favorite shirt or dress, a favorite toy, or the poverty of no toys, or a toy a friend has broken. And so <clears throat> through one's experience, we find that there is an enjoyment of life or a resistance against the flow that is not harmonious, not filled with grace. So the child begins to yearn and to suffer based upon the fulfillment of a new doll or truck as a toy or the falling away, the toy is lost at a park. The child is inconsolable. And we find, <clears throat> for myself, for example, I will be 70 this coming year. Oh, that doll my grandmother Anna gave to me. Betsy, there's something in my little drawer in the spare room where you stay. Will you go and open that bottom drawer for me and bring the handkerchief out? <clears throat> I pull the drawer open and inside the bottom dresser drawer, bureau drawer of my grandmother and grandfather's dresser in the beautiful bedroom where I would stay, the guest room, which had been my father's room as a boy, <clears throat> filled with beautiful antique furniture. There, among the little items in that bottom drawer, was a beautiful antique doll. I remember just being astonished at the beauty. <gasps> and then there was the handkerchief, but I got the handkerchief and came in and said, Grandma, Grandma, did, there's a doll in there. And she said, there is. Well, why don't you bring it out here? And then she asked me, would you like that? Would you like this doll? 
I got it for you. The safety of my grandmother's love, <clears throat> my middle name, Anne, Anne, and E is for her, Anna. My first name is Elizabeth, is from the middle name of my maternal grandmother, Cora Elizabeth. The safety, the security of an entire universe through which all oceans flow is unshakable in my grandmother Anna's love for me. Absolute safe harbor. Remembering that doll, holding that doll, placing it on a shelf in my room to look at its antique beauty. It had a porcelain face. It was a little European porcelain doll from the 19th century. I gave that doll to my brother's younger daughter, Emily. The quality of the beauty of this gesture of love <clears throat> is a marker in my life. And yet in our youth, we may have experiences of such love and beauty, but we also have losses. <clears throat> and we're often taught that we should not experience them, that we should be strong and push through them. But it's really the texture of the ocean waters of our experience that shape our identity. The moving away of this little boy from next door so that he was no longer there to play on the swing sets at the playground. The boy who bullied other children in second grade. <clears throat> the teachers didn't stop him. Why doesn't someone stop him? Why is he being allowed to hurt so deeply the feelings of eight or nine of the other children? This question of the inadequate ethics of the human race is a running theme from the first moment of our breath until the last moment of our breath. And very rarely is it addressed how much this shapes the nature of the innermost identity of ourselves in our youth. So what I would like you to do is <clears throat> maybe take a walk or sit in an area of the city or countryside where you live, the village or urban apartment or home or room or residence where you're staying with other family members or where you're traveling or on your way to work on a subway or in a vehicle or a bicycle or walking. And be aware, oh, my entire youth, as I left infancy to become a toddler and a child, my own response to where I stayed supple in oneness, receiving grace and embodying virtue, was moving not perfect, but moving into anticipating, is it too hard, too violent? Am I all right? Am I protected? Will that person be kind, cruel, love me, reject me? Will I have enough, be impoverished? Is the power of heaven sustaining life all around me? Is my jacket warm enough? Am I cold? My friend is wealthy. My cousin is poor. 
My cousin has a wonderful job. My friend is homeless. <clears throat> the texture of the life of the other people around us in that ocean or sea of humankind shapes for us a concept of the family of mankind we are part of. We are part of a family of womankind, mankind, of personhood all around us. <clears throat> this is our collective identity. My collective identity is filled with the beauty of common clothing, like the other children in my neighborhood and family, of a special dress at Christmas time from Grandma Anna, of baking bread with Grandmother Cora, of the flowers, the peonies, and bleeding hearts and roses of her backyard. My life is shaped by an, a countless number of experiences <clears throat> which all have the texture of heaven and yet the texture of who will I be as a child of heaven? Who will I be as a child of heaven? And this responsibility, this ability to respond in me to God, whatever we want to call God, this is my youth. I almost never see anyone responsibly be guided to develop this part of oneself in a mature, sacred, virtuous way. This is the direction to which I ask you to address yourself in prayer, dedication, and practice so that you realize, oh, the conversation within my soul, my innermost being, my heart, my life, was always shaping this. I just did not understand this collective part of my identity. We usually are rather ashamed of this part of ourselves, or <clears throat> if we're really frightened, we develop a veneer of vanity about it. My childhood was like this, or my childhood childhood was so important or more special than my neighbors. But underneath that, we have a vulnerability. Well, my childhood, that place where I could feel the suffering of the woman next door or where the garden didn't come in well for my uncle. Why am I so aware of this? Because this is your homework. You're learning who you are in the sea of the human race. We study so often, well, who are you? Oh, your favorite color is this color of blue or that color of rose. Oh, and your favorite ice cream is strawberry. Not this kind of strawberry, but that kind of strawberry. And so we're taught that we're pleased or not pleased by the individual egoic concept of ourselves, just ourselves alone. And then in the modern global culture, we have an over-identification with a strange self-importance. So I can talk with a young person who'll let me know that they have special sandals from Walmart or Target that are replicas of sandals from 
a moderate designer company that are replicas of sandals from an elite company where they would cost almost $1,000 a pair or $2,000 a pair. And those are a replica of handmade sandals that were worn in the Mediterranean in the 1960s. And so what that young person is really telling me is I don't have permission from the world to find myself because we aren't in adequate relationship yet in the modern generation in the sea of our collective youth. Oh, and you who had those sandals as you ran and played with your dog. And then you in that other country who had those sandals as you survived the war and your parents carried you safely from Syria to Greece. Here we are together in the sea, you in your sandals, me in mine. And then we're able to bow to the place in the two of us where a universal principle exists. So our youth is three-pointed. You, you in the sea of all the collectives that have shaped you from conception and birth to this age. And until you're an old person, God willing, you should live to be ancient and well in all ways. And then that oceanic place opens up into heaven. Oh, here you are and I am bowing to the place where the divine mysteriously exists in each of us, where we are one, yet shaped differently by the currents of the oceans of the world, yet there are you in your sandals and here am I in mine. Let us walk home, heaven on earth together, having recapitulated our youths in the innocence and goodness which shaped them, and in the arduous work of the consciousness we integrate to understand, oh yes, here you are, here I am, here we are, such human beings, what a humble privilege it is to be able to study and attain such love everywhere, always.